the midwife. 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 Chris loves midwives. Spider-Mams. 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 <laughs> does whatever a spider can. They've been dubbed Spider-Mams by our playtesters. Which is, which is really lovely, yeah. And, like, in during the playtest... So, Chris, please explain what midwives are. So, midwives are genetic mutants, essentially. Um, they are spider-blooded, so they mm. represent various parts of ancient drow history mm. um, by genetic mutation and the the manifestations of spidery goodness. Yeah. That's <laughs> probably the best way of putting it. Mm-mm. But the, the original idea behind them was we wanted to make a tank that was a cult. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't quite work out how to do that I'm until not quite we sure I can't quite remember why we wanted to do that because we I think thought it was a really fun. cool idea I think yeah. it's like when we were writing Unbound uh, we tried to make a, a range tank yes really struggled honestly very so difficult hard. to do not sure it's possible I'm sure it is but <laughs> not, not with the system day. we had yeah no um, but the midwife once we got that it informed so much of our setting yeah for sure like huge chunks of what Spire is is because mm. of the midwife class. Yeah, and they've like we cut them for a while. And in fact, we cut them from the Kickstarter launch. Yeah, because they can turn into giant fucking spiders. And between so like we we were going through the book and we were trying to work out like what classes we wanted to have in the book, and we felt that the blood witches and the midwives were really strange. Yeah. And they felt like they were sort of dehumanising the drow, and we were really interested in humanising the drow. And kind of, they've got a bit of a bit of a bum deal, honestly, to put it mildly, <laughs> over the years. Yeah. And so we we retired them from the book, and then we got enough. We 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 had them as a as a Kickstarter stretch goal, and they were supposed to be a PDF, but we had room in the book, and we figured why not? We might not, we we might as well put them in so everyone could have access because they are a really important part of Spire. Yeah, and they're so much fun. Yeah. So they are, they are. I think inspired. They are the cousins of the Mourner class from uh, Unhallowed Metropolis. Yeah. In terms of the inspiration, so the so Unhallowed Metropolis is a kind of zombie killing Victoriana steampunk game. Uh, not necessarily my cup of tea, but it, it it does what it does. It does it quite well. And they have a class called the Mourner, who are specially trained men and women in tight fitting armored corsets, which only they can wear. Uh, and they have special um, kukris, and they sit by a corpse for three days, unmoving, uh, in case it comes back from the dead as a zombie, and they have to behead it. And so, I think, it... so we we shifted that. Yeah. Um, not directly from that. But... No, that's the thing. That's the thing. So I, I, I want to say it wasn't like we looked at the morning and said, "How can we have this?" But I think there's there's certainly some similarities there, and that you take. I think there's definitely an aesthetic to the midwife. There's definitely a... And there's also, like, a a badass ritual element of them in that they are the protectors of the young. Yeah, again, like the Lejeune, they're very community-focused. <laughs> yeah, um, less so, um, like, reflected in their powers, I think. Yeah, but it's interesting that, like, their refresh is defend the defenceless. Yes, and their core ability is martyr, which allows them to defend the defenceless. Yeah. Well, the martyr doesn't have to be used against the defenseless. No, certainly. Just generally um, people who get blindsided. But their skills are fix and fight. Yeah. Hurt and heal. Which is nice. I like that. 
they have a cult and low society, which is always fun. So like, it's nice to have low society campaigns with them. Um, yeah. They uh, in fiction, midwives uh, being a midwife is one of the few respectable jobs that a drow can get. Yeah, looking after uh, the young. A bit like being a governess, I think. Yeah, and so it kind of it allows them access to high society, if not necessarily full acceptance. And so, with their powers, we wanted to make them feel really old. Yeah, we we wanted them to feel hidden and strange and culty, and the fact that they are they can transform to defend things, but they don't look that way normally. Yeah. So at the obvious level, you've got I think powers like hands of the mother. Mm. Your unarmed damage becomes D six bloodbound. Yeah. That's I mean that's that's a fairly blunt power. Well, sharp, as it were. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. Because <laughs> right? it sharpens your hands, but yes. Um, but they also have things like Pluck the Web. Mm, which is really interesting. Um, which is compel a cult to cast. On a success, any two connected entities immediately act. Mm. You can force actions by NPCs. You can fast forward the plot. Um, and it's interesting because you don't get to choose how they act. No, and they have to be connected until they have you to be get connected medium and all level. that sort of stuff. Um but you start, you know, messing with the interconnectedness of all things. Yeah, and I will say as well, like in a, it's it's almost like a training wheels spell. There, like mm. it's almost like a tutorial mode for like. So like as a as as a GM, I th- I, th- I, th- I think of myself as a good GM. I like to think that I I'm you know I'm um, responsive to my to my players' desires, and if they're like cool, we want to watch these two groups and see what they do. That is a that is a cue to you to be make these two groups do something. But I think it's nice that we can have that explicitly there in this in the in the spell. Because also, um Pluck the Web is never gonna make the game simpler. No. It's only ever gonna complicate matters. But what you can do is you can set things up so that it hopefully goes the way you want it to. Yes, precisely. You can you can target what you're doing to one group so that yeah. they attack the other group or they mm. infiltrate the other group or whatever you're yeah. you're hoping for. But it's it's a downtime spell, basically. Yeah, um, and, and I mean, med- the medium upgrade of it just means they don't even have to be connected. Yeah, they just happen to smush into each other. Yeah, and that and so like there's 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 two main arms of the um, of the midwife class. There's um, a cult caster, so things like pluck the web. We want to go for like mysterious, almost like witchy, but also like almost like hermetic witches, as that as yes. it were. You know, so like that that level of um, mystics. And then we also, and then the other one is turn into a giant spider. Yeah, <laughs> yes, which I've actually not in my playtest. Most people don't go for. Oh no, we um, uh, the second that um, my midwife got a high advance, he leapt <laughs> on. Please turn into full spider form. Yeah. Can I can I talk about my favourite power now? Always my high, my favourite high power. What's that? If only for the name. Please say it importantly. No magic, but the magic of my mistress. It, like I, I think it's nice when you read a power and you get a little tingle of just the name. It makes me feel so good. This power you get, like it, it, it gives me, it, it, it gives me head tingles. Yep. While on a success, any effect that originates from a magical source, occult or divine, is suppressed. Minor magical effects are completely undone, and you become immune to magical attacks. No magic, but the magic of Ishkra. Yeah. It just shuts things the hell down. Seeing that most high-level stuff in Spire uh, that you'll be fighting is magic in some way, it just lets you demolish stuff. 
and it's just like um, as as we were saying with the mast, when you have the sort of make an entrance power, what an entrance to have on that! Yeah, you just you you do this, and essentially you're knocking everything back to the Stone Age. Yeah, um, it's like right, okay, the rest of my party and knights and bound. Yeah, go nuts! It's just it's, or even like the rest of my party have guns. Yeah, that sort of thing. Like you you can stack the odds in your favor. And I really like the idea of Ishkra being so old and so powerful that you can just turn every other magic off for a while. Yes. It's um it's it's huge. It's a fascinating spell. I'm and really they, I mean they do her. get other really interesting powers like purge. Or that they can just cough up physical damage. No, per, yeah, once per session you mean. Oh sorry, that's um all... that's um the one where they get, yeah, sorry, right of right of stilled mind. Uh they 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 cough up mind stress as ink. Yeah, but purge. Yeah, sorry, purge. Once per session, immediately clear yourself of all, all blood stress and all ongoing blood fallout. Yeah. Nope. Just like even like dying. Yeah. If you get dying, nah, nah, I'm I'm, I'm good. <laughs> or you can keep going. And like the, the the thing as well is like we've got similar powers like that with the blood witch, the other magical transforming girl class that Chris loves. Uh, Dearly. Cr- Chris's two nightmare waifus. Mm-hmm. And the. The 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 power for the witch is very much like you are you are unstoppable horror who cannot be killed, and like like you, that you reform in your lair and that sort of thing. Whereas this feels more like no, I am I am an unstoppable warrior who cannot be killed. I am I am noble. I am protecting the drow. The, and how 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 we protect the drow is with nightmare spider magic. Yeah, the whole point of of purge is that no, I can't die because if I die, they do. Yeah. And that's that's always that's that's like they're very good late game um, characters, not just in terms of like mechanics, but in terms of like oh what a plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I no, I, I love midwives a great deal. They are um, they're always interesting to have. It's kind of like they're a bit. I find them they don't fit in with groups super well sometimes because they tend to be quite separate. They have a lot of their own shit going on. Yeah, that but is very that's true. up that's up to the player, I think. Yes. Um, and that's up yeah, to that's like, up to the group and to accept them and to, and to give them a like they're one of the few roles which actually also has a job. Yes, and it's built uh, in. Yeah, like like the knight is kind of ex- is accepted that the midwives like the, the larger society will crop up at some point. Yeah, they are they are lovely. Let's move on onwards. The Vermissian Sage. I want to say briefly um, on the art for this one uh, that that made drones canon inspired. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> yeah, apparently there else. are drones now. Yeah, apparently you have drones. Cool. All right, Addy, knock yourself out. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he, like, I'm. Uh, one of the things I like about um, handing some stuff over to uh, Adrian is that he's taken it a bit more sci-fi. And so occasionally we've had to pull him back from that just to try and keep the vision going. But it's also been interesting to see to see our view challenged and interpreted in that yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, certain images we've gotten back with laser pistols in. Yeah, we had to have a word about the laser pistols. But to have something fairly innocuous like a streetlight and a, a tiny hovering drone. And it's like, it's like it's clearly a fantasy character in the foreground, but there's something more going on in the background. Yeah. So the Missing Sage is a... A strange old class, or a strange old fruit. It is an odd duck. They're kind of a wizard? Sort of, yeah. 
Um, except wizards offer things like utility, and the Mystian sages offer knowledge. Yes, they're very they're very knowledge and research focused. They are they are research wizards. They have access to the Mystian, which is the train like the abandoned train network, which pierced the heart of Spire, and then everything got really weird, and so they they abandoned it, and now it's it, like it's referred to informally as train hell. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. not like that's that's I think like it's we leave it really vague as to how weird you want to make it in the game. Um, I like making it super weird because it gives me an opportunity to just drop weirdness in. Chris has it as a more mundane space, which gets weirder the more you dig. Yes, yeah. They're like um, the longer you stay in inside the Vermisian and the further you go in the Vermisian, yeah. it gets stranger. But a lot of my games have with featuring the Vermisian have it being used almost like a transit system. Ironically. Yeah, for sure. Um, um. To, to, to to go underground and travel. So yeah. the first time they go in, it's just, you know, it's scary down yeah. there. It's just a bit spooky. Yeah. Um, and then the next time they use it, it gets worse. Mm. And it gets worse and it gets worse until they just don't want to use it anymore. Which is nice. Yeah. The core ability of the sage. So the sage get, get quite a few core abilities. Um, but the most important one they have is backdoor which lets them teleport instantly out of a situation once per game. Yes. I don't think I've ever seen a sage forget to use it in a game. <laughs> no, it does crop up a lot. It comes up a great deal, because invariably in Spy, you get into situations you want to leave. And, and this, ex- ex- this expedites that so wonderfully. Yes, you just need to find a cupboard. <laughs> <coughs> Throw open the door, run into the in, in, into the hitherto un, unreferenced... Um, Air vent, and then scrabble down into the mission, and, you, and you're very hard to follow down there. And that it gives them this, it gives them a really interesting rhythm as characters because, like, they will get in over their heads. Yeah, because they, they know they can get out. It pushes them into a sort of Indiana Jones style um, action archaeologist rather than the more sit down, um, quiet sage. Yeah, and that was a deliberate choice on our part. Yeah, and they also get access to the vault. Mm, which gives them investigate, as yeah, it were. The vault is the repository of knowledge, like an underground library. Um, yeah. It's where they're, they're safeguarding drow history. Yeah. They're, um, because the home nations are in such turmoil, uh, we wanted to have the idea that the drow are... The drow are fundamentally a dying race. Like not because, like, because not because they're not breeding or whatever, but but because their 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 home nations are torn apart by war, and and the the Elfir are taking over more and more of the land in which they could prosper, and so their their culture and their histories are being forgotten and burnt out, and so the Missing Sage was there's like there, there's a rebellion element in it, and they're, they're keeping all of that history safe, yeah. And they're storing it in almost like the space between worlds where it's where it's safest. And safest in quotation marks. The fun thing about that is because it's in the vault, and because it's because the heart starts bleeding through into it, you get really weird kinds of information. Um, because like it gets, you get it from like alternate alternate timelines, yeah, and um, alternate pasts and um, the future. And so um, we had we had a Vermissian sage uh, go in and look up the reviews for the next three plays that a theatre company would put on. <laughs> and because it's like, oh, you know what? That sounds really fun. And it's not like, it's not going to break the game. It's not going to be an unsatisfying conclusion. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I like is that Vermissian Sage, uh, if you have them, you have someone who can, who can walk into a train station and find weirdness to push the plot forward. 
They like, they're not going to find every that. answer. They're going to find um, grist for the mill to push forward. Yeah, and of course they have the most uh, important power in the game. Which is? Dynastic memory. Uh, well, Find Connection is also really good. Find Connection is um, amazing. Just once per session declare that two NPCs are connected somehow, ask the GM in what way. As that's kind of like, in terms of in, in terms of building a conspiracy board, you can put your own red string on it. Yeah. So it's, oh, yeah, you know what? No, these two people are connected. And like people have used it in your game, and people are like, oh yeah, they're married. Oh yeah, they're divorced. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's uh, they're, they're brother and sister. Yeah, and you just get to jam it to you, like it. It just like again, like almost on a like from a like we were saying in the midwife's like, training wheels for GMs. It lets you, it lets you be surprised, but it also lets the player. It it, it lets you reuse your platform, but mm-hmm. on the player's behest rather than on your own. So it, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, but the houses of the drow. Talk to <laughs> us about those, Chris. So, this power we we originally set it up so that as it says you awaken the ancestral blood in your allies mm-hmm. you when you cast it you pick somebody mm-hmm. and you remind them of their ancestral history of the bloodline yeah. that they that they possess uh, and they get they get an ability yeah which is which is cool it originally it, like, it, it just had mastery and a skill didn't it yeah which is why there's as many houses as there are skills coincidence I think <laughs> not However, this was the first time that we actually detailed all of the Houses of the Drow. Yeah. Which then went on to form the backbone yeah. of most of the rest of the Drow stuff. Yeah, it really got out of hand. But it's like, <laughs> it's like we detailed these, and then the Home Nations became, rather than... I just, I'd just i mentioned the Home Nations and the lands... Uh, we, we'd mentioned uh, Issen and um, Alakam as, as, as places that existed. And then we just started just dropping this stuff on there. And so, like, it's now um, Issen are fighting uh, Quinn for control of the Home Nations. Yep, and they replicating that battle in the Silver Quarter. Mm. And it's like, a lot of it is, like, us just telling you about our 12th-level paladin, in a way, because, oh, like, listen, listen to these different houses of Dark Elves we've invented. But we wanted to try and make each of them feel spiry, and also, like, one of the, one of the challenges that we really face um, in expanding them uh, for the High Society book, which is the next uh, source book we're planning to, uh, to release, is that I've uh, I read the uh, the Dragon Blooded um, source book for Exalted, and like that's got a load of really cool stuff in there, and I really like how they have like the the dynasties in there, and you have that like the, the sensation that the Dragon Blooded are powerful and in charge, but also they have something like seventeen different houses, and I could not tell you a single one of them. <laughs> because they have like they, they, they each have their own deal going on and that's super cool but they don't have any concrete thing for me to latch around so I can remember oh that's the one yeah and so for for High Society we've given each one of these houses their own paragraph and then a um, an ability which you can get which you can get with a certain class yep and that meant that we kept it tied to the game which was which is always a challenge. Which is always like we don't we don't just want to sit you down and tell you about stuff that's happened in our games past because you can't use that. Yeah, it's not it's not useful information. Like, ideally, what we want in writing a setting is to give you an idea of three things that are going to happen next, not two hundred things which happened previously. Yeah. Dynastic memory is an interesting power, but more more interesting, I'd say, is permission drop, which is daft. <laughs> So, Vermissian Drop... It's the attack power. Vermissian Drop is probably the only real, true attack power in the game. Yeah, pretty um, much, actually. It's not like we've got fireballs, is it? No. 
On a success, you immediately plunge one nearby target to the depths of the mission through a hitherto un- unseen trapdoor hole or gap in reality. Now, this is a get-out-of-jail-free card. Yes. Temporarily. Yeah. In case they find their way back. But it but lets you put people off. It's the name. Hmm. I think it references it references Narbacula Drop. It references Narbacula Drop, which was a pre-runner to the to Portal. Yeah, it was um, the the people who made Narbacula Drop were then hired by Valve and they made Portal. Yeah, and just Vermissian Drop mm. just works so wonderfully. I've seen it used to rescue people. Yep. Um, in like in just like, like the the group's firebrand was getting out, was getting out of control, and so the Vermissian sage opened a portal underneath them and just hoped because that was the end of the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm sure but, it'll be fine because it's because it's not um, because it's not a kill at, uh, uh, attack. It's 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 more it's more of a delay. It's kind of like turn undead. Yeah. Um, but you know, on steroids. I've had like if 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 a, if a player uses it on a dangerous NPC, then my God, that NPC's surviving. Oh yes, you've just made everything are. much worse for yourself. They are pissed. They're going to murder your bond that live in the Vermissian. You've given <laughs> yeah. them access to your secret quarters. Yeah, but it is a great. Everything's gone wrong. Let's fix this. Yeah, we'll and, deal and with like, it later. And, and similarly, like like the um, like the backdoor spell. There's a lot of like nope. Yeah. Um. And I'd like to very briefly end by dealing with the um, idea of unreadable and unspeakable. <laughs> Good luck. Which are you unreadable? You you pick someone and then they can't they can't um, sorry unspeakable is you pick someone and they can't talk about a certain concept. They can understand it, they just can't discuss it. So or trees. write about it. Trees, for example, um, and then at, at that point you can say nothing about trees. Or let's say, for example, um, you'd say you can't talk about the concept of intruders, and then break into their house. Yeah, and like, like they wrote someone. What's wrong? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you need to go to the bathroom. What is he? You're just just it? hopping from foot to foot. Um, and like, I think, like, I think the, the reason that I kind of envisaged it was because they're, so, they're scholars and sages. The idea of them sort of having a uh, a, a lively um, theological debate. And just completely screwing over their debate um, opponent <laughs> by rendering them unable to talk about a certain fundamental concept. Yeah, but unreadable is, is the grown-up version of unspeakable. It's a high-level advance uh, because it's the same as unspeakable, but they can't perceive the concept. Which, as the spell says, is it may might be of no concern if they if they lose the ability to perceive or even understand the concept of intruders, or terrifying if they can no longer interact with the idea of light. So they can't. So like, you can use it to blind someone, basically, yeah. which is which is kind of fun. But I think there's much more interesting ways in which you in which you can use it. Oh, for sure. Um, so like like you, as a high level advance, yeah, you can do it. Um, you pick them and then and then and then they do the thing. And honestly, at high level, if you want to stab someone, you generally can. Yeah, stabbing someone is not that hard. That's not that's not the interesting part of Spire. It's about getting them into getting them into a place where they can't understand the concept of government. Or love, or love, and then uh, and then you send them off to somewhere, and you just completely fuck with them in that way, and that's that's fun. Yeah. Um, but that is going to do us for the classes. Um, that's they are they are the most complex part of Spire. Definitely. Yeah, they take up the the most real estate rules always, um, and they are also our our favorite bit to write. I mean, the combat section is four pages long. 
Yeah, it doesn't need we, to be long. It doesn't need to be long. It works the same as the rest of the game. But we, we really like writing big, juicy classes for stuff and having the having uh, an, an opportunity to not only explore a world with that, but to to, to cement that world in place. And then and to define give people, it. To find it, yeah. like to, to uncover it organically through those mechanics. Um, like as I said earlier, the reason why there's nine why there's nine nine drow houses is because there's nine skills, and it's that's mechanics purely informing setting at that point because we needed that many. Yeah, and it's there's something joyous and organic about it. And I think like Chris and I are primarily rules writers. Yeah, we are we are game designers. Like we're not storytellers in this way. What we want, what 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 certainly what I like doing more than telling stories is giving people machines to tell their own stories, giving them the license and the capacity to do that. The rope and, to hang themselves with. Yes, the rope to hang themselves with. To hang the characters with. Yeah. And uh, we've taken the characters as that, as little story engines in and of themselves. And so it's been really wonderful to have the opportunity to get crazy with it. And <laughs> crazy we got. And we're going to move on now to the extra advances. Ooh. Extra advances is the next thing we're looking at. Yes, these were these were these, these were interesting to, to to come into. They are they're kind of like prestige classes, I suppose, or kind um, of or like add-on stuff. It's not like uh, like the requirements aren't generally so gamey um, as they are for prestige classes. We just wanted to we wanted to we had some ideas for stuff which players could be, which didn't really warrant a whole class. Especially some of the more uh, antagonistic ones. Like the one where you eat people? There is that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Um, and wanted to make them very optional. (laughs) Or the one where you wish to rot the spire from the inside out. Mm. There's some problems, I will say that. Um, I think the the main source of these, um, we, like, they started off as um, spell lists, a lot of them. Yeah. And then we sort of retroactively fixed them into subclasses. So r- rather than getting access to the spell list, you gained access to the class, which sort of made sense. Um, we also had things like the the enlisted, uh, which is what we call soldiers, like draft soldiers. Uh, those were a class for a while. Because, um, I mean, that makes sense. It figures like that there'd be a lot of natural crossover there, but we couldn't get enough interesting out of them. They just they just felt a bit like soldiers, and it wasn't like they weren't hugely interesting. They weren't there wasn't a lot going on, and especially when we already had the knight for that sort of fighty, yeah, yeah. Uh, so archetype. So we retired them. It was just a shame because I think they had the coolest weapons. They had like a big riot shield and a shotgun. <laughs> yes, but that it, they also upped the tech level. Yeah, that's true. The uh, they, they had like a proper rifle. Mm. And one of the other things the extra advances do is they let us delineate certain parts of the setting mm. um, and show parts of the setting that aren't perhaps detailed very well not very well but very, very heavily deeply yeah, yeah elsewhere um, and let you investigate that on your own on the subject of investigation the I, I actually tell you what, should, we, should we go through them in order let's do them in order Okay, so City Guard, um, we wanted to we wanted to have the City Guard be humanised, much like the Drow. We didn't want the Guard to just be baddies all the time, because the majority of the Drow, the majority of the Guard are going to be Drow. Uh, they like they they are, I suppose, loyalist Drow who have sided with the Elfir, and the majority of the Drow inspire are going to have sided, going to have sided with the Elfir. Like it was two hundred years ago, things have moved on. Yeah. 
Um, and so we wanted to have the capacity for like so one the city guard are going to be people who you know probably um, like or or like if you if you strangle a city guardsman to death odds are you'll know someone he was related to at least yeah like that smaller community kind of thing especially especially if he's um you know on your in your local patch so we wanted to have city guard as something which you could be from or you could infiltrate or you could you know play around with that difficult relationship there. Um, they are they're kind of interesting they've got um, they're pretty rufty tufty in terms yep. of soaking damage they've got um, everyone's guilty of something they've got uh, once per session story boosts as well yeah so you can say which NPC is guilty of what I think we, we, we were leaving that more up so we just wanted to have a way of representing a police officer what well, isn't hugely exciting but it's there if you want to if, if you want to go for it yeah, and I mean, in mechanics terms, one of the most powerful things taking one of these, any one of these extra advances is that it gives you another refresh. Yes, for sure. Which um, is hugely useful. That's how you heal. It's how, it's, it's how you keep ticking and inspiring. The more refreshes you can get, uh, the better, really. And so the, the guard were a bit mundane, I suppose, which is fine. You've got to have some mundane in there. And then we come to something which is the opposite of mundane, which is the Chosen <laughs> of the Hungry Deep. Yes. Yeah, uh, the Chosen of the Hungry Deep is... Almost an almost an NPC class. Yeah, um, some of these powers in here, we wanted these advances. We wanted to have them just to inform the GM of stuff you could do. Yeah, but then rather like rather than just making a bit of the book for the GM, which the players could never have access to, aside from you know, the GM section or what have you. Um, although we encourage players to, to read the GM section, there's nothing secret in there. Uh, we we kind of just wanted some uh, to. To give them some some ideas, and also because the Hungry Deep is, as I run it, infectious. Yeah. So I wanted to make that a bit more, you know, available to spread to people. And it's it's interesting. Uh, like an- another thing about about the extra advances is a lot of the really early stuff has sort of stuck around here. Mm. So the the Hungry Deep, the enlisted, um, the later on the chosen of. Um, King Teeth, so the faithful of King Teeth, who are cannibals. They are all. Um, they were all kind of the first set of ideas we've had, and then as as the setting moved forward, we realised, ah, maybe we shouldn't have a character class that eats people. Um, I mean, there is the Carrion Priest, and we do have that. Yeah, but, but <laughs> um, literally there. It does, it, the Carrion Priest doesn't eat them whole, so there's mm. that. You know, we the, these are these are some of the some some of the basest ideas inspired, which weren't enough to which which the, the setting moved on, but we were keen to keep them, and so they've, they've been reshaped and reformed. And there's and I think there's there's a small amount of our darlings in here. Yeah, there and is that. that. It's probably not really necessary to have a um, a low advance, which lets you eat someone whole in your and standard role yet. playing game. And yeah, you know what? I'm super glad it's there because mm. even if no one takes it. But the it's interesting great. thing is that there is the option. So there is the option to have a yeah. party comprised of just the worst dregs of spire. Yeah, and unlike if you like, it's quite a nice idea. Like for a one shot, like oh, we're going into the heart. We've hired a ghoul, and so you've got a ghoul on the team who is a faithful of King Teeth and who can eat people and who can skitter on ceilings and stuff like that. Yeah, the, um, the chosen of the hungry deep is interesting. Uh, they are they are they are nihilists. Is that how it's pronounced? Nihilist. Nihilists. They worship decay and rot and nothingness, and they have the capacity to what was it? A vomit up a a fist sized lump of something between moths, horseflies, and maggots, which mm. I just love. That's brilliant. Delicious. They, they are disgusting as far as classes go. 
Yeah. Um, but moving on from then, we have the enlisted. Now the enlisted again, an early class. The the interesting thing about enlisted isn't really the fact that they that, that they, they can shoot with gun because shoot with gun is fine. Like we wanted to put shoot with gun powers in there because that's important um, to some people and especially to a revolution where you know you've got violence, you've got that sort of thing. We wanted to have the capacity to do fights. Um, as although you will see, our combat section is hilariously short, which we'll get to <laughs> in a bit. Uh, but we put in the sight and the conduit for them. Yeah, which are really important <coughs> for parts of the setting. Mm. Um, we we had the idea that the Elphir are very sneakily using demonology and incursions as part of warfare. Yeah, to explain what demonology and incursions are, it's kind of like a um, a nuclear bomb that you import from a different dimension. Yep. Um, and the way that they're <laughs> targeting and unleashing this is through mm. the enlisted. Certain of them have embedded encoding, magical encoding in their heads. Yeah. That make them point zero of, of an incursion. Yeah. And like the site and uh, sort of ground zero, I think is that the phrase? Yeah, well yeah. ground zero, yeah. Um um the the site and, and conduit are not necessarily like mechanically strong powers. They're not brilliant in terms of like, oh, that's, that's giving you a lot of output, that's healing a lot of stress, etc. But they're, they're, they're really cool in terms of saying, oh, I want the campaign to be about this. I want to explore what happened to me while I was in the military. Yeah. Um, and it, they're also something which you can grow into. You don't, you don't have to establish it from the start. But also it helps mirror those sort of extreme PTSD, Agent mm. Orange-style fallout yes. from... Something happened. From your time you in the military, you came back and you were, you, and, and you were worse for, the worst for wear, quite literally. Yeah, um, we've discussed King Tooth. Um, well, and we'll discuss him more when he uh, when, when he crops up later in the fiction section. Talk to us about Grey Manor, Chris. So Grey Manor was something that I really wanted to put into the works, mm. um, which is essentially a nineteen twenties noir style investigative bureau. Yeah. Because I figured there would be private investigators in the setting. You've got newspapers, you've probably got PIs. Yeah. Um, and it gave us the opportunity to put in a lot of jokes, which is important. I think, like, there's a lot of similarities here, like, drawing mechanically from this. There's a lot of mechanical similarities between this and the knight. Yeah. In that the knight operates slightly to, like, like one step left of reality. And not in terms of magic, just because, like, the, like they ha- almost like they have a story that follows them around. Yeah. And um, the the Grey Manor investigator is absurdly powerful in terms of things like was um, too drunk to care. If you're loaded on hooch and you take minor or moderate fallout, mark D6 stress reputation, ignore the results of the fallout. Beautiful. So you can like you can just choose what you're doing. Also, similarly, um, was um, on take a beating. If you would mark stress to blood at a value less than half your current blood stress, do not mark it. Which makes you largely immune to low damage as long as you've been beaten up first. Yep, you have to be you have to be in a risky position to make yourself immune to damage, mm. which is wonderful. I think the I think like the quintessential part because like Chris, uh, Chris is very much into noir. He's in he's into the um, you know, your Maltese falcons, your big sleeps. Mm. Um, I I dabble in it myself. I, I think it's kind of cool, but it's more of an aesthetic thing for me. It's more it's more something I, under, I understand rather than I adore. And so it was nice to sort of. Um, help Chris get those ideas out of his head and into a game we wrote. Yeah, when I think the best thing you wrote in this book is is the title "A Damn New Walked Into My Office." <laughs> Dom uh, New is the um, tripartite goddess of the drought, and you can summon her, and she has a job for you. 
<laughs> and it's it's the only time she exists. Yeah. Uh, she probably doesn't she, exist in a form that you imagine, but it's, it's the, only time, the only time that all three of them exist at once, as it were, in, in, yeah. in the same body. Um, what, what I was what I was skewing towards is tripping over their feet. Um, the tripping over their feet power is that sort of quintessential noir um, or like pulp PI idea of you get the tar beaten out of you, but then you learn something. Yeah, and uh, it rewards you if you lose a fight. And I want I, I wanted to have that I wanted to have that that that, that, that sort of um, that you could you could probably play an all Grey Manor campaign. Yes, quite easily. Um, or like Grey Manor City Guard teaming up that sort of thing, and you wouldn't have to have it as um, as a ministry at all. Yeah, that I think that was one of the other things that we really wanted. We wanted mm. alternatives to the ministry. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of different organisations kind of dropped in here and there mm. that you could legitimately play. And completely forget about the ministry. Yeah, I think it was it was important to like. I wanted to let the GM handle that themselves. Yeah, I think for for me certainly uh, the core book of Spy was really important to have the ministry as this is this is the reason why you're here. This is what you're fighting for. This is what you'll die for, etc. And to have a to have an alternative campaign for him, I wanted the GM to do a little bit of work. <laughs> yeah, mainly because. You treat the ministry campaign as your tutorial, as your tester, and so you, and, and so you understand the you understand the system and you understand how powers work and you can probably write your own and set and write your own fallout and set stuff up, and then you're like, oh, hang on a sec, what if we run it as cops? At which point you know what you're doing enough to take the game and rework it rather than me putting in a couple of a couple of pages, which would be like, why not try rewriting it? And, you'll, and it'll be someone's first campaign, and it won't work because because it, cause it doesn't properly gel, and they'll be disappointed. And I, I want to keep it as you don't want that on you. <clears throat> I don't want that on me. Helly Knights. Oh, Helly Knights. This cool was, name. This was one of yours. This is one of mine. Uh, I, I like I like weapons. Um, I'd like to draw your attention to the recent re-release of Unknown Armies. Oh, it was about two years ago now. Unknown Armies has the um, was it the Fulminator? Ful, 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 uh, a, a, a gun wizard, basically. Yeah. They have they have a gun wizard, and in Unknown Armies, you lose all of your mojo, all of your stored up like mana, your spell power, if you ever fire your gun. Um, and it's all about the threat of guns and the power and the confidence that guns bring. And treat them as totems. Every single one of ours involves firing a gun. <laughs> Just ours the is opposite. Not, yeah, ours is not super complicated, and also like we weren't really interested in saying something about um, about American gun culture. No, uh, this was more just we wanted to have like we wanted to talk about gun nuts, but also have we, we like we wanted to have cool spells. Um, and so we have uh, there, there's a lot of I think I wrote all of these in one sitting, and we haven't really changed them. No, they very much stayed the same. Um, I think my favorite. My favourite one of these, and the, uh, the, the sort of thing, the, the thing which I'm really proud of is the saying of Bullets, which every bullet in Spy loves you like a brother. Um, bullets, or indeed anything fired using explosives, no longer inflict stress on you. Each time someone shoots at you with intent to harm, refresh D3. Yep. And that's just, like, that's such a lovely twist to have that happen. And so. Like you, like, you can still get badly maimed by a sword. Oh, for sure, yeah, a crossbow, something can fall on you. But bullets no longer wish to do you harm, and I like that. I yeah. um, it's 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 it was fun to just take guns and sort of run. Like um, 
in terms of the fiction, the uh, the flyer to Brother Hellion's um, church is, I think, some some of the proudest stuff. I'm, I'm the stuff I'm proudest of that I've written in the book. I really like it, and it's yeah. it's daft in a way, like it's it's camp, but yeah. in and that's not a problem. It's... Yeah, I think it's 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 camp in a believable way. Mm-hmm. In that it, it it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't jut out of the setting, but it is like a bit daft, and I quite like that. Yeah, quite light-hearted murderers. Yeah, they're cheerful sorts. Now, on the subject of unknown armies, <laughs> the luck priest of Stoltz. We love unknown armies. Um, we love Greg Stoltz's work. Stolzy. He did write. He did write. Stoltz. He did write it, didn't he? Yeah, Stoltz, I believe. Yes, but it's still, but it's 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 a long e. We pronounce oh, okay. Stoltz. Stoltz, yeah, because we didn't want to name it directly after him. Yeah. Um. So we uh, we've also made made, made Stoltz a goddess as well. Yeah. Uh, because you know Lady Luck, etc. Um. And they are they are a um they are lo- they are they are a love letter to unknown armies. I'm going to say that they are a um they are entropy majors. Yeah. They're luck mages, um, like the entropomancers from um, first edition and armies. But all the best stories are about entropomancers, honestly. Yeah. And we just wanted to put something. We basically wanted to put Greg Stoltz in our game <laughs> <laughs> because we could. It was out. Yeah. Luck. Um, so yeah, and we could, and no, no one's going to stop us aside from Greg Stoltz. And Greg, if if you don't like it, please don't tell us. <laughs> please. Yeah, don't tell us, man. Um. And like they, they are they are pretty neat. Uh, they dress like pricks. That's <laughs> the issue. Yes, they're very gaudy. Wear the sacred vestments of Stoltz, scarves, ties, and cloaks in many vibrant colours. So you look a bit like the fool of a tarot card. Yeah. In fact, the um, the on the I should say actually uh, on, on the image uh, at, the, at the start of this chapter. That's a Hellionite, a Stoltzian, and a Vigilite, uh, okay. in order. Uh, we don't have captions in the book, so you have to work out some of the more esoteric ones. <laughs> Most of them are self-explanatory, but that one's a little bit harder. Yeah. Now, ministers. Ministers, one of the few mm. advances you can take just straight out the gate. Yeah. Um, and let's think. I think as, as well as with the with the advances, we were were probably not. If if, if anyone asked me nicely, is like, can I have access to this tree uh, right at the start of the campaign? As long as they gave me a good reason in in character, yeah, sure. Yeah, but this is um, one of the ones that's just. By default, you could probably yeah, take. By default, yeah. Nobody's, gonna, nobody's going to argue. Yeah. Um, but crucially, it gives you the whispers power. Oh, what, walkie-talkies. The walkie-talkies, because there's always the problem of wanting to talk to somebody who's in another room in a fantasy mm. game. Yeah. So we just gave we just gave people the ability to make walkie-talkies really cheaply. Yeah, pretty cheaply. Um, I one stress to do it. One stress per participant. Yeah. I, I used. To, I think I gave all my players uh, magical um, uh, like clamshells they put over their ears <laughs> back, back <laughs> in my D and D campaign, so they could just talk between rooms. Because also, like at some point in a game of spy, you will have to coordinate multiple parties at once. Yep. And like you, like, you start to realise why they had trumpet players in regiments. <laughs> yes. The ministry when they started off back when they were called the Temple Sinister, they they were pretty straight laced like we want, I wanted to have them a secret but they didn't really like they didn't have much going on with them and we've kept them almost intentionally vague because the game's about the cells not about the upper echelons of the ministry yeah we do detail a little bit of the yeah yeah uh, and the like hierarchies and stuff um but like mainly what we talk about is the induction process and what they do rather than who they are yes um but we wanted to make them creepy 
Um, because because like they started off and they were basically fine and, they, and you worked for them and they were the good guys and then we came we came across the idea of the right of conversion which yeah. lets you completely burn out someone's loyalties and replace them with a devotion to our hidden mistress which is wrong yeah it's fundamentally wrong it's like it's, like it's considered <laughs> it's considered good practice like your boss has this cast on them once a year yeah um, and there's a chance it can fail unlike every other divine spell because we wanted to have a bit of mystery in there Mm. Uh, but it's it's um it's it's horrendous, and I really like the idea because because like you uh, like you 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 have to restrain them and bring them in. But as a high level power, you can just you, like you can take over the council if you need to. Yep, you can just completely replace them, and it just it completely mind blasts anyone you can tie to a chair. They also have one which lets you replace your identity, but not keep your your, your initial one. Yes, yeah, you lose the old one. Yeah, which is but which is kind of neat. It's, it's generate instant cover at the cost of your previous one, mm. and that's that's kind of I think one thing we, which which we wanted to to underline with the, with the idea of ministers is like like in play they tend to come out a bit like D and D parties because we're all people like we're just we're just people we're having a laugh. People tend to have a laugh when 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 when, when you play. Inspire is more serious than other games uh, than than a lot of other games, but people tend to go towards um, mates hanging out and being mates. Um, in all role playing games, yeah, and the the right of perfect grace, I think, was something which we wanted to discuss. The idea that the ministry is fucking creepy, and they have a right which lets you completely jettison your current identity. Yeah, um, like like your 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 birth certificates, like where you work, stuff like that goes, and you get new stuff in its all place. your family, all of yeah, that. I think, and it's um. But your your friends and contacts will know. Sorry, your your friends and family will know who you are. Yeah. Um. But like your family won't understand, no. as it were. And so like we just we just we we wanted to have the idea of the ministry are are a cult which encourages this and the idea of grace as being the right person in the right place, even if that isn't who you were to start with. Uh, we talk about the the drow virtues later on, which was. We wanted to humanise them, but we did. We didn't just want them to be humans with pointy ears. No, they're different we to have, humans. We wanted to have, like, obviously, I think anything which we write, if we've got humans playing it, we wanted to make it like essentially human. But we wanted to give them something which was effectively a non-human, a non, um, a set of codes, a set of moral codes which didn't gel with with ours. A non-traditional set of codes. Yes, a non-traditional set of codes. Certainly human, because they're all human um, morals, but not a not a set of codes which which we would live our lives by, but one which was possible to role play your life by. A bit like in Vampire, actually. Yeah. You know, it's those weirdo paths you could take. Um, we've also got the Solar DVT, which we which we want to expand later on. We didn't want yeah. to talk too much about it in this in this game. No, and uh, the Solar DVT is really interesting because the Solar Pantheon is actually the dominant religion in Spire. Yeah. Even among Drow. Yeah. Um, so a lot of players will be able to take this and it's a it's a very different feel to all of the ministry and all of the the goddesses' powers. It's got healing for one. It's got healing in it. It's got a proper heal spell. Yep. It's got all sorts of bizarre stuff as well, like the ability mm. to ca- to cast actual light. Like uh like um fireballs. Yeah, it, it basically has a well, it has a, a hand slap fireball, but it has actual attacks in it. And things like things like we 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 wanted it to feel more. We wanted the solar devotee to, like to feel more like your traditional D and D miracles. Yeah, like I mean, uh, Brother's Eye, where you anoint weapons. Yeah, um, rather than 
we have adapted this from a religious ritual which we have which we have since weaponized to fight a war yeah i think these are more like and that's the thing we didn't want to talk a great deal about about this solar pantheon because we i don't know it didn't quite sit right with us that the game should be about that so it's there if you want it um but seeing as you seeing as you've sworn yourself seeing as you, seeing as you as you've sworn your um your loyalty to a goddess who is expressly against the solar pantheon there's some there's some difficulties there, but I think we I think we've given we've given players enough to like to, to explore that uh, that juxtaposition that push pull. Yeah, and that makes for interesting stories if you've got somebody who is still devoted to their gods, mm. but fighting against other people who are also devoted to the same gods. And that's kind of fun, yeah. Like you, you've got some nice diplomacy there. Yeah, like I'm just like oh cool, uh, go blow up your old church that sort of thing. <laughs> On the yes. subject of blowing up churches, the vigilates. On the subject of blowing up pretty much anything. The Vigilites are almost a mistake. <laughs> in that they they arose while we were writing up the Vermissian. Mm-hmm. They were originally a sect of people who drowned magicians. And I mentioned just like like in in passing that they were the uh, I think they were they were the something vigil. And then we were like, well, what if we had a third faction of effectively um, like as to as to standard protesters are the Black Block. Yeah. Um, are to protesters the vigilites are to the ministry, and that the ministry are trying to be quite clever about it and quite subtle and not not rock. So it will be slow and it will it will hopefully endure. And the vigilite are interested in burning everything down and starting again. Yeah, they're not um, they're not particularly care, caring who they hurt along the way. No, they're just they looking are, to shatter. They are monumentally common uh, for players to join them. <laughs> yes, uh, because they're doing the same job. They're just doing it louder. Yeah. Um, and like they don't think they're the baddies. They do some stuff which is pretty bad, but so so do, so do the ministry. Yeah. And so it's quite common to have that to have this uh, to, have, to to have players step into vigilant or take vigilant powers, mainly because one unless you start fires with a whisper, which is just so useful. Oh, it's just it's, it, there's never a situation you don't want that. That was we wanted. We also we wanted to discuss like what I remember. I went to I went to Rome um, a couple of years ago. When I was, I was, we were going around basilicas and cathedrals, and um, like, I, as as spy may have tipped you in, uh, spy may have tipped you off. Both Chris and I are fascinated by religion. Mm-hmm. I um, I'm not, I'm not a religious man myself, but I love the ceremony around it. I love the um, the ritual and the um, the accoutrements. I suppose, like, I think, I think of worshiping Cthulhu the same way I do of worshiping Jesus, in that they're both gods and they're both about as real to me as each other but there's definitely something fascinating there yeah and something very human about it and so um one of the things which which um which 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 i noticed when like when i when i was in rome was, was that certain of the saints were outlawed you couldn't worship some of the saints um because their because their teachings were contrary to whatever the church was preaching at that time and so people had secret shrines to these certain to these certain catholic saints and so the idea is like I like the idea of well what like when when the drow rock up, sorry when when the elf rock up, what happens to the religions that are there? What gets what gets cast out? Yes, yeah, so and we so lost Le <clears throat> we lost and and and, and also the hidden mistress. And so um, was it uh, Lombre and Le are yeah. the traditional drow names? And so I like to think that before the elf turned up, there were proper temples to the crimson vigil and to our hidden mistress, and they were worshipped exactly the same as our as our glorious lady. 
uh, and they still are back at my home nations. But here they've been radicalized. They, 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 they've been they've been made into zealots, and they're pushed into like they're pushed into a corner where they're doing things which they don't wish to do for for, for the good of their race three generations down the line. Yeah, uh, but unfortunately, they're also joined by a lot of people who don't necessarily care about the religious angle. Yes, but care about what they're doing and the violence of it. Yeah, and so that's that's an interesting. Interesting discussion to have, and I think I think quite a quite a difficult one as well. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, we have the Viscount, which is gross. Thank you. Um. <laughs> the Viscount were, uh, I think, they were like the fifth thing I made up for the game, and they very much feel legacy. Like they don't really gel with the rest of the game. I'm fine with that. I don't want them to. No, because they they are alien. Yes, they are. They are alien. What's the deal? They're kind of a nano. The nano grade, nanoscale um, mantid race that live in between the bits of your blood and so I think they're described as a song that lives in your blood and they're trying to give birth to their own world mother we, like, we, haven't, we haven't made it entirely clear how this is going to happen no but what, what we wanted was a, a kind of Lovecraftian angle yeah definitely. should you want it yeah and I think also like it's Lovecraftian, but I can understand it. Like I don't know what Yogg-Sothoth wants, but I know what the Viscount want. Yes, yeah, we we definitely found motive. Yeah, um, and, and put that in there. But also we 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 gave them form, almost mm. rather yeah. than that. Oh, it's indescribable horror. Like, indescribable. No. no, it's describable. It's like, an infection. Know. It's yeah, it's, they're insectile. And also like uh, the body horror. Like Chris and I also love body horror. And mm. so we really want to sort of like push it, push on that as well. Uh, mainly the fact that you don't pick what you get with the Viscount. No, it it's just, just like happens. it is. It grows in you. It is given to you. And there's some really, there's some really awesome. But I think my favourite one is um, an earthly song. You grow feathered nodules of bone in your throat, which is a disgusting phrase. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it means it means you can sing grenades, basically. <laughs> I I quite like hypnotic sweat. Oh, which has no effect on you, but must be licked off. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like how unsettling they are. Like we've got a few. I think we've got maybe one or two places in the book where we mention the Viscount in broader. Like there's there's one in the works and one in the heart. Um, and the idea is that they are doing a very slow invasion. Yeah, and it's not want... it's not the hordes invasion. No, if you want the game to be about that, it's there. Like it doesn't. It's like it doesn't plug in to the overall Elphir. Like initially, um, uh, as I think mentioned earlier in this in this commentary, the uh, the Elphir would were wanted to make a um, uh, an embassy for the Viscount, and like they were they were they were pushing for that in council is, is, is what the Elphir had, and that that's that, so thinking like how can I make them inhuman and terrifying? But they've like the Viscount is now more of a mystery. It's something that happens, and it doesn't quite fit into their sort of Elphir versus Drow with human on the side central. Um, challenge of it but if you want to get weird and you want to have something gross come out the heart then the Viscount is it yeah I mean one thing we discussed when talking about the game is that there there are two real core um, campaign arcs mm-hmm. Spire Up and Spire Down Yeah, Spire Up is the revolution as mm-hmm. you fight your way up Spire essentially in mm-hmm. revolt and then there's Spire Down which is where you go into the heart and you have a horror game Hmm. And you deal with what's affecting Spire that way, yeah. Um, and Viscount are very much a part of Spire Down, yeah. Um, Spire Sideways, honestly. Yeah, well, no, the Spire, yeah. Spire Sideways is um, looking within your district. 
Yes, that um, makes sense. Yeah, and looking at community and local problems. Yeah, and, like, and and helping out NPCs. Yeah, um, like the um, the Kings of Silver is spy sideways. Yeah, Kings of Silver in, is definitely a spy in sideways. The, in that you start off high and you stay there. Yep. Um, and Blood and Dust is uh, Blood and Dust is spied down actually. Yep. There you go. Uh, Blood and Dust is investigating mysterious things which which effectively come out of the heart. And so yeah, um, it, 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 it's 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 which which sort of perversity you want to explore? <laughs> well, exactly. And on that subject, we shall move on. Yes, we shall. The Spire Director's Commentary Podcast is a companion to the Spire RPG and features Grant Howitt and Chris Taylor. The music is by Arokia, hosted on freesound.org and used under the Creative Commons license. To learn more about Spire, explore related products, or buy your own copy, go to rowanrookanddeckard.com. <laughs>